You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm Jen McMenemy. And this is Ancient History Fangirl, the end of season five announcement. Season five? Yeah, season five. Can you believe we've done five seasons already? It's amazing. We've done five seasons, and those five seasons have taken us more than two years. Yeah, but they've been such good seasons. Like, we've just finished up our season on Spartacus and the Servile Wars. And now we're going to take what we thought was a summer break, but is actually going to be a fall break, because gloriously, we gave you more and more content, and the season kept growing. So we'll be back on the 29th of October, and I have this feeling it'll be a seasonal episode. So... This has been such an exciting season for us. I want to first just preface this by saying that Jen is the driving creative force behind the Spartacus arc. I did two episodes. They were the two survival war episodes. All the rest of these episodes were Jen's. Most of the Patreon content that was tied to this season was also Jen's. And I just think she did such an amazing job and covered Spartacus in a really interesting, creative way that I have never seen anyone cover Spartacus before from all these different angles, from the Thracian angle, from the Dionysus angle. I just think she did a phenomenal job. And I just want to congratulate you, Jen, for a season well executed. Oh, I'm blushing. Like, it's a good thing this is a podcast because I am so red right now. You know, the only reason I got the ability to do this is because Jenny gave me so much time. Every single time I was like, I need just a little more so I can go into this and a little more so I can tell you about Dionysus or the wild ponies or Sartorius's magical deer. Jenny gave me that time. And that's why we've got the season we've got. And I hope you guys have enjoyed it. And I'm really looking forward to taking on some of the bigger arcs. Usually I just chip in with about maybe two to four episodes a season, depending on the season. In the Mark Antony Cleopatra season, I think I just did the seasonals because it was such a big arc. And the way we work, it doesn't make sense for two of us to be covering the same story at the same time when you could have somebody else working on Spartacus, which I was doing at the time. And also we tend to cover things where one person does the bulk of the research. Both of us have a really heavy hand in editing. Whoever is writing the season is in it so much that sometimes they start to tell you a story and leave out large chunks. I'm very guilty of this. And the other one, we try not to be as in it so we can go, but 
but wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Who is this guy? And what have you cut out? Explain it to me. So that we can actually give you one person in the conversation as more of a cold listener, and they're able to sort of speak for you, the audience, and help you ask the questions you might be asking as you're listening. Our partnership has really evolved. You know, we didn't really know how we were going to handle this when we started, but the way that it works usually is that one of us is doing the researching and writing, and the other one is the editor-in-chief. So yeah, I was definitely editing a lot this season, but I wasn't doing a whole lot of researching and writing of this arc. This is my very long and confusing and non-edited way of saying that if you like the Spartacus arc, most of that is down to Jenny's editing as well. I mean, I did I did edit the shit out of it, but... <laughs> It's just a partnership. It's just every, you've just gone on about me. And it's, if you like the final product, it's because of both of us. That, well, yeah, sure, I guess. But I just think you deserve credit for the Herculean feat that you accomplished this season with all this work and all of these episodes and just absolutely refusing to give up on any thread that you found that you were interested in. You fucking refusing. <laughs> I mean, there was a point in time when we were doing the Spartacus arc where I was like, man, I should have also covered Sartorius this season. And then I had to like calm myself down with deep cleansing lepidus breaths being like, you can't do it all, Jan. You just can't. Turns out we did cover Sartorius because he's in our Patreon now. <laughs> He is, but I really wanted to cover his whole story, and we just can't because there's just too much. So, I had some questions for you, Jen. I thought it'd be fun to interview you a little bit. You know the rule. Once I've recorded an episode, I've probably forgotten it. But let's go. <laughs> so, what was your favorite episode in the Spartacus series? Oh, God, this is so hard. So, I really see all of the Spartacus story as one big arc, and um, it's hard to break it up. I think the one that I'm most proudest of is probably Dionysus uh, Part 2, Religion of Revolution. And that's mostly because I fell in love with Dionysus, as I think I've blatantly expressed on this podcast many times. And the reason I liked it so much is because it allowed me to look at this god who is a figure of revolution, of rebellion, of not subscribing to the gender norms, the societal norms, to the patriarchy. And I loved it. I loved learning about the time that the religion of Dionysus was like the most feared thing in the Republic and all of these senators being terrified of Dionysus worship and these women who had power and not necessarily women from the upper classes, but maybe women who were sex workers or from the lower classes or enslaved people. And to me, that was just such a gift that the research in this season gave me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love that episode, too. I loved all the episodes that were in this arc, but... But you have to have a favorite. you got to give me a favorite. What's my favorite? Oh, my gosh. See, that's that's super hard. I mean, did you cry when I read you the intro about Crixus? Because I cried when I wrote it. Yeah, I mean, the intros to all of the episodes that were actually about Spartacus were just fucking heart-wrenching. And yet again, Jen wrote those. They were all her work. I loved Dionysus' Religion of Revolutions, too. I did not know how tied to slave revolts a god like Dionysus would have been. And I think that that just adds so much dimension to what we did and the work we did. But I also really loved the series on Thracians. Oh my God, Bendis is Bendis. <laughs> oh my Bendis. I love that fact that Jen uncovered about how part of the um, war elephants saga was about this battle that Alexander fought. Was it the Hydaspes? It was the Hydaspes, yeah, where Alexander fought elephants for, I think, the first time. And we went into such detail about his infantry and the kind of weapons they had and how they fought the elephants in that episode. But Jen uncovered that his foot soldiers who fought the elephants would have been Thracians, and that just added a whole other dimension to how that battle would 
would have worked and why they won, and not just the weapons that they had and the tactics that they used, but the mindset of a Thracian warrior going into battle against an elephant. I think that had to have been the deciding factor in that battle. Oh, absolutely. And I remember when we recorded the episode, we were talking about like what kind of person would have gone into battle against a war elephant. And I I was like, well, they'd have to be as drunk as the elephant. And you know, if the elephants are drinking, you should also be drinking. Otherwise, you're just not going to be on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) And just be ready for whatever comes next. And I remember when I came across that fact, because one of the things about researching Thracians and researching a culture where I don't know the primary language, and they're not as widely covered through the Greco-Roman sources, which again are problematic because of the conquerors, was finding these stories and trying to bring the details out about them. A lot of the stuff I did for the Thracians, I had to use different websites and different sources that were translated, sometimes from Bulgarian or Greek or other languages, and put together the story of the people. And when I got to that detail, and when I got to just like a very small footnote in some other article about ancient military warfare and made that connection, I was like, man, the Thracians were cool. And I just love how it calls back to our earlier arc and reveals something new about a topic we already covered that we didn't know. I think that's really amazing. Jen, you you have been passionate about Spartacus for a very long time, long before we started this arc. And what is it that made you want to cover him? I love histories of rebellion and revolution and overthrowing the social order and, you know, this this struggle that humanity has to make the world more fair. And that's the thing about Spartacus is I knew very little about ancient Rome when I took this on, but I was like, Spartacus was number one, a sexy gladiator, because he was. Number two, if you've watched the Stars series on Spartacus, which I feel like at this point, Stars, just hit me up with an email. You should be sponsoring us. They really should. <laughs> you know, if you've seen the Stars series, then you know that it's an incredible story and they actually leave quite a lot out. So I went into it with these two big loves, like this idea of like this larger than life hero making these really epic choices that shook the Roman Republic. And I think it's really easy sometimes in our life to feel slightly powerless in the world around us. It's easy to feel like we don't have that power to make change. And sometimes when I feel that I don't have that power, I like to obviously look at what's going on in the world with people making that change and look back into the past and see how the movement worked together. And it gives me this sense, especially in a time like we're in now, where there is some power and there is some agency and there are always ways to make the world fairer and better. So what surprised you the most about this story? Um, It's actually something that the um, partial historians told us. So the biggest thing that surprised me is you have this pivotal moment in Spartacus's revolution where Crassus and his army are really trying to go around the back and just sneak up on Spartacus's people. And a group of Celtic women were out dealing with their menstruation cycle. They had secreted themselves from other people and they saw Crassus's lookouts and they made it back and they warned Spartacus's army and he was able to sort of route them out before Crassus could have ended the war a lot earlier. And to me, the interesting fact of this isn't that they did it. It's the different way that I read that in the ancient sources. And it's the different way that I read that in modern historians who weren't female, besides Dr. Rad, who gave an incredible interview and everything she said was fascinating. And it helped me really center females as much as possible in the story. But yeah, the most fascinating thing for me about this was that the male sources don't tell us that. They tell us that the women were gathering water or they were doing something like that. They don't tell us that actually what they were doing was having a normal biological function that 
happened to take down a war. Like, women on their periods saved <laughs> Spartacus's army. Like, why do we not shout that more from the rooftops? We should. And that was just, you know, something that we would not have uncovered at all if we had not been talking about this with a feminist Spartacus scholar, which is absolutely what Dr. Rad is. And, and that was really an amazing conversation. Absolutely. I mean, to be honest, it kind of makes me want to be a feminist Spartacus scholar. We could argue that you are after doing all this work. <laughs> when we were working on the Spartacus arc, it was definitely in the time of COVID, shall we say. What was it like working on this story during the pandemic? So I was working on the research for a while and got sidetracked by the epic story of Dionysus, which needed quite a lot of digging into. And when I got into Spartacus's actual story, it was pandemic time. And in addition to the pandemic, as I've said a few times, I left my full-time job, my nine to five that was paying the bills, to go freelance. It's been, this year for everyone has been a weird and really scary year. And I knew it was going to be a scary year. I just didn't know on a global level it was going to be quite so scary. Or so lonely because I spent a lot of the pandemic isolated because... I'm high risk and my husband is a primary carer for his dad, so we chose to split up. So I was on my own from most of the pandemic, which was scary. And this podcast and Jenny were kind of a lifeline. I was on my own so much and that feeling of being alienated from the real world in some ways is kind of what drove me into the research. I mean, Spartacus's world is a very harsh one to escape in, but in a way it can be an escape, right? Yeah, I mean, the problem with Spartacus's story, and if you're not to the end yet, slight spoiler, it doesn't end well. <laughs> so it's not really the story you kind of want to end the pandemic on. But one of the nice things about this arc is we met so many scholars like the Partial Historians and Mike Duncan, and we formed a great friendship with Liv from Myths Baby. Like one of the greatest gifts of, of the pandemic is like, we're really good friends with her. And like on Mondays, we have our Spartacus Mondays where we get to hang out and talk nerdy things over Zoom or FaceTime. I mean, that's a win. Yeah, that was another thing I wanted to talk about. I mean, I think that we've hit pay dirt with our guest roster pretty much every single time we've had a guest on because we've, we've just been so lucky to know so many really fascinating and knowledgeable people who do their own podcasts whose topics sort of dovetail with ours. So we were super, super lucky to get Liv on from Let's Talk About Myths Baby to Talk Dionysus with us because at the time we didn't know her that well. And we just reached out and we're like, hey, do you want to do this with us? And she was game and we just had the most most amazingly fun four-hour conversation that I wound up editing down to like an hour or whatever it is. It was just a ball and we just had so many common interests and so many common outlooks on life and she's so smart and she knows so much about her topic and I loved having her on to just, you know, flesh out Dionysus for us and also flesh out theater practices in ancient Greece and just sort of the attitudes of the playwrights like Euripides. Her episode, Dionysus Myths and Madness, is just such a great time and we had so much fun and we definitely started hanging out quite quite a bit because we were all kind of isolated in a pandemic and we turned her on to the Star Spartacus show like we hope we're turning all of you on to. Once again, Stars, could you please sponsor season six? <laughs> That's right. Stars, call us. In addition to Liv, we got to talk to the Partial Historians this time and it was such an insightful and enlightening conversation. And I learned so much about Spartacus talking to them. I have such a different perspective on Spartacus than I did. Absolutely. And I don't think that we could have told the story of Spartacus the way we did without that conversation with them. And we also got to talk to Dr. G about Vestal Virgins, which is her area of expertise. And that was a really cool conversation as well. 
Yeah, it was so cool because the Vestals were just so fascinating. And I know in a future season, we're going to cover them. It's not going to be season six, but like there's loads to unpack there and we will get there. And we've also had Mike Duncan on the podcast, which, to be honest, is just a freaking dream for me. Mike Duncan is a guy that I definitely have been listening to since um, maybe 10 years ago. And I listened to him long, long before I ever considered doing a podcast of my own and just really loved his series. And he's since moved on to Revolutions. And so he was the perfect person to come on and talk to us about Toussaint Louverture, who is a leader of a slave revolt in Haiti, that actually worked where the enslaved people got their freedom and they got to form their own country. And I had always been fascinated by that story. And so having Mike Duncan on to really help us work that into the Spartacus arc and compare the two revolutions, it was just a privilege and so much fun. And, you know, we've got a new season coming up. And I have to say, if you are a historian who specializes in where we're going next, let us know. So shall we uh, drop the dime and let them know where we're, where we're going to be next? Yeah, so next season, we are packing up and heading to Roman Britain. Yeah, we're heading to my area of the world. <laughs> this is actually a place we wanted to go for a really long time. And for a long time, we thought, well, it'll be in the next season because we'll totally have room for it then. And it turns out every time we do an arc, it's like 17 episodes and we don't have room for Roman Britain and it doesn't fit in there anyway. So we finally made it. <laughs> Yeah, the way we originally envisioned the Spartacus arc was it was going to be people who rebelled against Rome, and it was going to be Fulvia, Mark Antony, Cleopatra, Spartacus, and Boudicca. As you know from the last two seasons, that is not how this worked. So it turns out that every single time we want to cover something in one episode, it's really nine episodes, and we can't help that. We have no control over this process. So for ages we were trying, we thought we would just fit Boudicca and Roman Britain in somewhere, and it turns out we did not. So we finally are making it to Roman Britain, and we're making it its own thing, and we're really, really excited about it. So I am covering the conquest of Britain and the Druids' last stand at the island of Anglesey, which is a story I've wanted to cover since I visited Anglesey in Wales. It's an island off the coast of Wales. I'm also covering some other neat stuff like whether there were female druids. Spoilers, there were. Yay! <laughs> Otherwise, it would be a very short episode. I mean, to be fair, I knew this already because we literally text each other whenever we find a really great historical nugget. I'm also planning to cover the Morrigan, the Celtic goddess of war. I'm delving into mythology a little bit. And I've already written some minisodes for the Patreon on some key figures of the anti-Roman British resistance, Caratacus and Cartamandua, who was another rebel queen. And she's really interesting. So this, this should be fun. I'll probably be looking after the seasonal episodes like I usually do. And I'm going to cover someone who I'm not sure if any of you know. Have you heard of someone called Boudicca? I believe I have heard of Boudicca, Jen, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so after promising and promising and getting many messages, we're going to cover the story of Boudicca. We keep bringing up that we're going to do Boudicca and then people keep emailing us, where's your Boudicca episode? And we're like, well, <laughs> we've not gotten there yet. <laughs> yeah, this is the season where unless something wild happens and Boudicca turns out to be her own season, which I don't think it will, this will be the season where we cover her story. It's going to be a really fascinating time. I'm really excited. So we have another thing to bring up that we're actually really excited about. We have partnered.
partnered with Megaphone, which is a platform that inserts dynamic advertising into our episodes and also helps us expand our reach. It's awesome for us because the dream, as I'm sure you all can imagine, is to do this one day full time. And being on this platform and having these dynamic ads is one step closer to getting us there. And if we could get there, just think about the amazing content we can bring you. This is a full time job, you guys. Like we're doing it for the love, but it's also really hard to sustain a project that is this demanding and and takes this much time and have like a healthy work life balance if it isn't bringing in revenue. So we're really excited about the Megaphone partnership. And some of you may already have noticed some ads in some of our episodes. These ads are, I believe, only for people in the US. And the ad that you get is based on your location. So we don't have a lot of control over what ads you hear. And you may not hear any depending on whether the slots have been sold in your area. On our Patreon, all of the episodes will be ad free. Yeah, we're going to be making ad free versions of all our episodes available on our Patreon stream. And you can sign up for that for as little as $2 a month. And it might take me a little while. I'm going to be handling all this um, stuff with the Patreon episodes. So it'll take me a little while to upload all of our, I don't know, 50 something episode back catalog. (laughs) Because as far as I know, I think I have to upload them one at a time. But they will be going up so you can hear them ad free there if you would like to sign up. We've been doing our Patreon mini-sodes for a while now, and we're going to continue doing them. But they also take a lot of time to, we're going to sit down to it, like literally a four-hour recording session after this announcement that's just mini-sodes, which is great, but it's a lot of work and a lot of time. Yeah, the mini-sodes take a lot of time to write and research. Some of them take about as much time as a full-on episode. That's what we're learning about this process. We didn't know that that was going to happen, but we really should have known, right, Jen? Yeah. So from January 1st, 2021, our Patreon episodes will be available to our $5 and up subscribers. The old episodes, the mini-sodes that we've already produced, they'll remain free for $2 and $5 and $10. But everything from 2021, all the new content we're doing, it will only be available for $5 and up subscribers. Yeah, and um, we kind of knew we were going to have to make this move because of how much work the episodes were. Anyone who's a $2 subscriber, we still massively appreciate your contribution and you will always still get the ad-free episodes. And the back catalog of minisodes, I think there's about 20 of them. So that's a new change, but like we said, it's not going to go into effect until January 1st, 2021. So you have plenty of time to decide if you want to stick with us at the $2 level or maybe up your pledge to the $5 level. We hope that you stick with us in one fashion or another. And either way, we really, really appreciate your support. And our, our old Minisodes will continue to be available to everyone at every level. Behind the scenes, we are definitely resurrecting our newsletter now that I'm not writing the entire season, and we will be aiming to keep it monthly. We will have some great content, book recommendations, and maybe even some giveaways coming up. So if you're not signed up to it, go to ancienthistoryfangirl.com and sign up. And we're also having a rethink about our Patreon and what we're going to be giving to people at our different levels. And we have some surprises in store for certain anniversaries and for our $10 level. So that's what is going on here behind the scenes. We may be out of your ears on our regular feed, but we will be dropping new episodes on our Patreon. But we're not taking a break. Essentially, we'll still be 
recording and writing and putting together new episodes. And we are so incredibly grateful that you are with us, that you've supported us, and that you're continuing to support us. Like, without you, we wouldn't be able to do this. Yeah. So thank you, everyone who's listened, who's commented, who's subscribed, who's done something small or large to support us throughout these many difficult months that we've all been through together. We appreciate your support so much, and we're so happy that we got to be there with you in some challenging times that you've gone through too. And feel free during the hiatus to connect with us on social, Facebook and Instagram, we're at Ancient History Fangirl. And on Twitter, we're at Ancient Hist Fan. And if you'd rather leave a review, that's great. It pushes us up in the algorithms. And um, thank you so, so much for listening. And we will see you on October 29th. Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.